The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki season two. Now streaming only on Disney Plus. You are listening to Habs and Minded, brought to you by HabsEyesOnThePrize.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Habs and Minded. Unfortunately for everyone that has written to me and said that Gillian Kemmerer is, is their favorite guest, I don't have Gillian on today. It's one of my favorite people in, in the Slack channel. He, we joined Eyes on the Prize together. And uh, I'm happy again to, to, to have you here. It's been quite a while, Andrew. And of course, it's Andrew yeah, pa- Sadonovsky. Hello. Hey, Patrick. Uh, yeah, it's been a while. I uh, haven't had uh, the time or the opportunity to come on to Habsit Minded too often of late. So when you asked me to join this particular uh, edition of it, I said, absolutely, because I love talking to you, my buddy, my pal, my friend. Yeah, I mean, like it's, it's at the start, we were like the only the, the European part of, of of ice on the prize, weren't we? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, we we definitely diversified the uh, the writer base. Yeah, um, we, we're here obviously to talk about um, uh, the player of the month, but but first and foremost, uh, some news is just uh, more or less hit, and uh, it's that Kevin Lynch has returned to to the United States. They've cancelled his contract. And it seems to be family related, and and we with with the circumstances of today, we we absolutely everyone can can appreciate that, and and hope it's nothing too bad really uh, that has happened, but but rather that everyone is safe and, and sound, and that it's just the complications of of traveling across a international border, right? Exactly. I mean, Kevin Lynch's family is in the U.S. He is from Michigan, um, you know, being based in Montreal. Uh, it's probably difficult for for international travel, or at least returning to Canada, if he wanted to go see his family. And with you know, assuming or not assuming, knowing that the team is going on a road trip in March, a fairly extensive road trip, he probably saw the logistics of seeing his family uh, becoming very difficult and and unlikely. And given his role on the team, which was uh, first of all a veteran on the team, he's, he was one of the the more respected uh, elder statesmen on the team, but also he was a he was a fourth line player rotating in and out with guy like Brendan Baddock or Michael Pizzetta. So he didn't really have an established role on the team. He was definitely a, a very good depth player. He can, uh, you know, be fourth line centerman, good for faceoffs. But, uh, you know, if you balance out uh, not seeing your family versus your role on the team, I think it was a, it was a, a no brainer decision on his part. It's, it's definitely a big loss for Laval, but uh, yeah, I think the circumstances are understood. I would definitely uh, be willing to, to bring him back next year. Cause I think he's uh, he's, he adds value to the team. Yeah. I mean, he, he has uh, worn a letter for, for Laval as well, but, but also the influx of, of younger players coming into, to Laval, has that maybe helped out uh, this decision from 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 the main club and 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 uh, obviously everyone understands the difficult situations everyone is in right now. But but I mean, 
the, the way Jesse Ilonen has come in, Paling seems to be doing better, etc., etc. It, it really seems that, and you don't know what's going to happen with Mishak yet, uh, since on, the Ontario yeah. League is, is down now. So, so there seems to be this opportunity for younger players this year, maybe. Uh, absolutely. I mean, I think we have uh, this this season, this AHL season is going to be very much about developing the younger players, giving the younger players opportunities to play in situations that they're not necessarily comfortable in. But, you know, you don't want to have a team that's too young either, because a team that's too young can potentially make mistakes, can potentially get into bad habits. You definitely want to surround your young prospects with older players who have, you know, have many seasons under their belt. And I mean, Kevin Lynch was definitely one of those veterans that Joel Bouchard was very happy uh, with in terms of their uh, implication in guiding the youngsters on the club. So yeah, you're gonna this this departure is gonna definitely offer more opportunity for the younger players or. I like Liam Havel, who hasn't played a game yet for Laval. Um, you know, give him potentially a, a, a chance to, to play a few games. Um, but it, it's still going to be a loss in terms of, uh, of that kind of um, mentorship that, that he provided for the younger players. You were on TSN 690, as you are every Sunday. But yesterday, uh, speaking about one of the players that we're going to talk about now, that is in Laval. And, and obviously, I've followed for a long time. And... I'm starting to consider him more or less a veteran on that Laval team now. And he is the Laval player of the month, Lucas Vedemo. Absolutely. He, he, I mean, they should be considered a veteran. Uh, he's been, what, three years, I think, in Laval, plus his pro, uh, professional experience uh, overseas. So he's no longer really considered a, a young prospect. And I think he's still considered a prospect, however. I mean, sometimes when you get to a certain age, you're no longer considered uh, a call-up option or... or or a sexy prospect like uh, like other players potentially, but I mean the the improvement I've seen in Lucas Vedemo year over year uh, in his time in Laval has been has been great. Um, every year he does a definitely a step change and improvement. Uh, he you know he made a made it to the NHL last year as a call up for a few games and didn't look too out of place. Let, let's but, remember uh, the trivia question for for every future quiz that you're gonna provide at Abs Eyes on the Prize is. Who scored the last goal of the season last year? And it was Lucas Vedemo for, for Montreal Canadiens. There you go. But when it came time for the playoffs and the bubble, he wasn't included, right? So there was a lot of questions as to what his standing was with the team. He didn't, uh, you know, he was res a restricted free agent, but, you know, because he was not invited to the bubble, was that kind of a, a free agent who they would let walk? Uh, and they didn't. They re-signed him for for a year. And I, I think he's, was it a one-year or two-year contract that they signed him to? I think it's just a one-year contract. I think it's a one-year contract. But I also heard yeah. from, from, from sources uh, that uh, he was let go. He was the last player to be let go in order for, for the uh, for the bubble. Uh, they choose right. to take a, another defender with them in rather rather than take Lucas as well. But but he was I mean wasn't like the, it was borderline. Wasn't that Romanoff? Wasn't the fact that they wanted to bring in Romanoff? That no, I think it was uh, was it Alzner or, or that came in or, or no Alzner opted out. Oh, oh yeah, but it, I don't know. And then obviously Someone, okay, but there was some kind of formula there. Yeah. And, and he was like the final one let go. So, yeah. But I, I mean, I think what we've seen from him this year, he was put in a role of being, uh, he started on as a fourth line center because the team was so deep. He was fourth line center with uh, with wingers like uh, Michael Pizzetta and Brandon Baddock. But then you see him move up the lineup in this series against, uh, against uh, Manitoba. He made it to a third line uh, role 
with uh, Laurent Dauphin as their as the kind of a, a, a checking line, but not really a checking line. It's almost like a two-way line. Uh, and they kind of have alternating wingers. They had Arsem Hissamutdinov, uh, and they all, he also had um, Joel Teasdale. And despite not being on a top six uh, line, being on that third checking line, he still leads the rocket in points. And that's why I think uh, through our panel selected him as player of the month for Laval is not only was he expected to be defensively responsible, which he was, uh, he also had an outburst of offensive output. Um, and, and that shows a great step change in his play. Yeah, and especially because when we've seen him in SHL and, and uh, further down in, in or for, further times in Laval, he has always succeeded when you put him in a position to succeed. I, I remember he, he had the same goal-scoring percentage as Arthur Lekkonen when he was on Hugo on his first line, etc., etc. But But he's also the first guy you put down because he has that hockey IQ that that he, you can put him with anyone and he makes everyone better. Uh, but yep. this time, he, as you mentioned, he has really shown that he can take carry that third line and be an, uh, an offensive dynamo in, in that regard. Yeah, and, 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 and because of that offensive ability and defensive responsibility, uh, he should definitely be considered based on his performance so far as, as a call-up option for Montreal, should they decide to, to shake up uh, the center line if they want to potentially give, uh, if, you know, let's say scenario Jake Evans is injured or something like that, uh, Lucas Vedemo is a legitimate call-up option for, for Montreal. And he has played winger as well, so he shouldn't really be, um, you know, they, they can use him yeah. in, in different positions as well. And especially with the size and the skating, he... he, he could be a, a very good winger as well. Absolutely. I mean, there's other options for player of the month for Laval, because I think overall a lot of players had very good uh, months. I mean, the, the I, th- I thought it would month. be another European. I actually thought it would be Jesse Ilan, and I wasn't. I, I, yes, was, I was a little bit surprised that he wasn't. <laughs> no, fair enough. And then, or, or Otto Leskinen, which, who has been great on defense as well. I mean, there's a lot of European options as player of the month on Laval, so you should be proud. Yeah, but it's also, I think, they come in having played hockey relatively yes. recent compared to many others, and that might be what, what sets them apart at the moment. It's true. They all played before the HL season. They were playing in Europe, all three of them. Yeah. And, and Which is uh, true. I got a question about Jesse Lennon yesterday, that how, why didn't we see this, this correlation between his success in Liga last year and, and earlier, uh, earlier this fall? Um, and we see him having such an offensive output in, in Laval. And I was like, you know, he, he improved last year. People forget that. He, he improved. He was, he, he was part of many more of, of Pelican's goals than he was credited for. And, and I think uh, I put it in that article that was out in February last year that uh, he was part of, I think it was 20% of the goals. But the year before, he, he was part of... 10% and they scored more goals the first year because they were had a great offense whereas the second year they uh, the team just imploded and, and was bad all over uh, so, mm-hmm. so in order to understand a, a prospect's development you also have to look at w- what are the team playing where, where are they playing how are they playing and, and are they better or worse than last year when you compare just goal and assist stats yeah, fair enough. I mean, and Lucas Vedemo is one of those guys who, if you look at their career path, 
um, I think year over year, you definitely see improvement. Last year, he was part of a very successful line with Alexandre Alain and uh, Nikita Palavs. But, uh, you know, and neither of those guys, they had career years, but, you know, taken away from, from Lucas Vedemo, they, they struggle. Uh, Nikita Yevpalovs, yeah, you know, he's playing, I believe, in, uh, where's he playing? He's playing in the, in the Dutch, not the Dutch league. Where's he playing? The Latvian league, I think he was. I don't remember exactly, but if you looked at his stats, they definitely took a, a downturn uh, this coming this this year. So it, it definitely showed that there was a sort of a a a factor of improvement that you you achieved when you played with Lucas Vedemo, and I think we're seeing that again with um, with with his wingers like an Arsene Hisamutinov, who, who didn't look out of place on the ice because Lucas Vedemo helped him adjust to the North American game by making sure that. You know, he always had his back and he was kind of a dependable center for these wingers that are still trying to figure it out. And that was part of his role in, in Jugoden as well. He was usually set up as a centerman with two uh, development players on his side and he carried that line and, and that's sometimes forgotten as well. Uh, we're going to move over uh, though to mm-hmm. another Swede obviously because <laughs> in, in Europe uh, it was an easy choice this month. Um, when, when you look at it, and, and also in regards to looking at the stats, uh, you could have argued that um, Alexander Gordin would mm-hmm. have been uh, selected, but when you compare his 40 points over 48 games to uh, the winner of the MHL League that had 72 points in, in, in 50 games, I'm not sure really that, that uh, Gordin was, was, was going to be that kind of player. Um, but we have chosen Matthias Norlander to, to no one's surprise, and he has really finished off February in, in much the same way as he started the season. Uh, he looks to be that player that was one of the top players in, in SHL early fall and, and was uh, selected for the Swedish national team in the first tournament of the, of the year in uh, Finland. Where he got where where his injuries started to pile up, mm-hmm. uh, but right now he was Frölunda's best player on on the ice. Uh, I think it, as as um, some some others have him as the second. I think he was the best. I might be a little bit colored by my uh, preference as well, but he he has possibly <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. But but he has uh, really in in many ways. His defense is so much better than than many give him credit for, and uh, he he was on you gonna score the game winning goal in overtime, but he did everything right. Theoretically, he was picture perfect. I mean, like it was no one. I mean, it was an amazing shot by William Eklund. Fine, but but he cut off Alexander Holtz. Uh, he cut him off. Uh, there was no chance that the puck was going to go over and make a, a lateral movement for for the goalie and uh, and an easy goal that way. That that route was completely shut down. Then obviously he he followed up with two goals this week and he has four points in the last five games. I think it is. Uh, Norlinder looks to be one of those players that has worked really hard during his his injury break, but also I know that Frölunda is usually taking a huge. Uh, training around around early February in order to be prepared for the Swedish playoffs that starts in in mid March, and they're, they're going to start later this year because of COVID, of course. Uh, mm-hmm. 
but but Norlander is there. He is getting that attention, and it wouldn't surprise me if he finished this season on a very high note. You definitely have the 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 viewing experience of Norlander, and you beat me there. I can't say I've watched any full games of Norlander. Definitely, I read your reports on it. I, I see the highlights that you post on Twitter, so I'll definitely I'll definitely uh, agree with your assessment of his play. And really, there's a real, there was only two options for European uh, prospect of, of the month, and that was Norlander and Gordin. You know, what you're, and it's it's the thing with the European prospects is that you're you know you're the, you're comparing professionals to juniors as well. Um, and Norlander is obviously playing at a high professional level on one of the top European teams, Florin, uh, for Linda, and and that I think easily trumps a, a player who is still playing at the junior level in the Russian leagues. So despite Gordan's good you know uh, output and and his quality play. Um, yeah, I, I think Norland, Norlander would trump him in terms of, of prospect of the month in Europe, just because of the of the level of play and the the level of implication. Uh, I'm I'm definitely hoping that Gordan takes a takes the next step next year and manages to stay in the VHL versus the the MHL. But uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes, and hopefully he continues to progress. Um, but yeah. Indeed, and, and that's actually, even if the numbers are pretty handsome for Jacob Olofsson, he's a level behind uh, Norlinder at the moment. And, yeah. and uh, it, as I wrote in, in this week's European Prospect Report, you can't judge Olofsson until the playoff starts in, in Hockey Allsvenskan. And, and really, uh, Tim Roy is, I think, 20, 25 points um, ahead of the second-ranked team in the, in, in the league. And uh, so it makes it very, very difficult. <laughs> Even with a three-point system, that is quite a big, uh, heavy, heavy load to try to pick up in the last few games. But it, it really means that uh, that is a fair option when we can see him. And, and Timo is obviously looking mm -hmm. for promotion this year. And uh, it will be very disappointing if they don't make it. I'll be honest to say that. Um, Looking at, at the juniors, uh, and, and of course, David Saint-Louis, uh, he's a great follow on Twitter. You should really, really follow him. But there wasn't really a contest in, in the North American prospect of the month either because it's Sean Farrell, no. and he has had such an amazing season. Yeah, the thing with Sean Farrell, obviously, he leads the league right now, the USHL. He, he's had the longest point streak in, in league history, 24 games straight with a point, which is a record for the league. Uh, and for the month of February, he had 21 points in 10 games. The Chicago Steelers are just dominating this league. If you look at the top scorers of the league, I think the first four are from Chicago. Uh, and a lot of that's thanks to uh, Sean Farrell's playmaking. Um, he, he, like, just points-wise and, and play-wise, he, he's dominant. Um, even, you know, above what we're seeing from Cole Caulfield in the NCAA, he, he's just, just dominant. Now, my concern with Sean Farrell is this. He was meant to play for Harvard this year in the NCAA, uh, but because the Harvard season was, was postponed or canceled, I, I forget what the situation is there, uh, he stayed in the USHL where he's dominating. So uh, he, it shows to me that he was ready to take that step into the NCAA. And my concern is with his domination of the USHL um, as the best player there, is he going to develop any bad habits in that one year of missed uh, higher level development. So obviously, as a player of the month, it, it's a, I think it's a no-brainer decision. I obviously agree with it. As a projecting forward, I you know I'm I'm concerned that he's going to lose that one year of development at the NCAA level potentially. Uh, hopefully, that doesn't impact his game for for the long run. 
No, and uh, it's also interesting because uh, we were a little bit divided in regards to this pick, but one that was quite sure of it was Cole Caulfield, and uh, mm. and uh, he has hailed uh, Sean Farrell from the start and and really thought that this was a great pick, someone that obviously he likes to play with as well, and and it can really be very interesting down the line, right? A playmaker and a finisher. What a better combination is there? And that already speaks the same kind of, of language as well. Or on-ice language, maybe we should say. On-ice on language, there you go. Yeah. Uh, but, but Sean Farrell. Um, on the other hand, looking at the big team, there, there was a lot of different <laughs> things that could have been, been said about it and, and has been said about it from all of us, I think, at one point or another. Obviously, uh, what happened was that Claude Julian in the end got fired. Um, best wishes to Claude, uh, for sure. Um, he, he's earned the right to, to relax a little bit in the front of a fireplace with a good book and uh, something nice to drink. But, but really, the player that could have saved him was Jake Allen, really, because he has been outstanding in net. Jake, yeah, it's. It, I think tumultuous is the word we can use for the month of February for the Montreal Canadiens. Um, as high as they were in January, as hot as they started the season, you saw a not just a decline in in the player in the in their in their stats, but just a decline in performance, a decline in energy, a, a sort of a depletion of drive, which was very worrying. And I think you know ultimately it's not one one or two losses that cost Claude Julien his 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 job it, it was this overall um lethargic response of, of lethargic response from the team which was very concerning and you and in the shortened season you can't afford to go on a prolonged slide which is what Montreal uh, is in still and still trying to claw their way out under Dominic Ducharme the one bright spot um, was obviously Jake Allen and Nets, who I think was um, on the on the opportunity on the days that he did play, sort of regave those players at least a momentary confidence. Um, you know, we we talk about Carey Price, and I think you know we we recognize a pattern that you know he has tends to have one slowdown per season, uh, and he's in that right now. And as this team. Uh, struggles to to find their way out of this hole that they're in. They need to know that they can rely on their goaltender, who at least you know will stop the majority of the shots and maybe steal a game or two for them. And and Carey Price was not that guy. Um, on the other hand, Jake Allen, when he was in Nets, you saw a a a, a, uh, a confidence there, a calmness, the kind of uh, play that inspires players to to keep trying to not give up and normally that that's carry price but not this past month this month it was jake allen who took this position of uh, of, of of a brick wall in nets and you know that's why it got my vote for he got my vote for player of the month because of what he tried to contribute to the team uh, it's easy to point to a few different things here, and I know there was a little bit of discussion about it earlier in the month when when we started thinking about who this could be. But obviously, Jake Allen holds a nine point uh, point nine two seven uh, save uh, average. He's eleventh uh, among NHL goalies uh, with at least three games played in a four, in this four week span. But but on the other hand, also he gets the easier game 
quotation marks mm-hmm. or, 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 or how you want to phrase it, but because he gets the second game. And, yeah. and he, yes. the coaching t- staff has made some changes. The opposing players are a little bit more tired, obviously, as are Montreal Canadian players. But anyway, they're, they're, it seemed, you, you could argue that. I still think he's a great pick. I, I really do. So, so it's not against that. But I, I, I think that, you know, that there are certain factors here that helps him. On the other hand, he has helped the team so much this year. Because, let's face it, if there was another backup that we have been used to, uh, the team would have had a, bit, a, a much worse slump. Potentially, yeah. And, and there could be an argument made that he only won two out of the five starts that he, he played in February. And, and that's a legitimate counter-argument. But I'll counter that counter-argument with, in those five games, in each of those five games, Jake Allen had a save percentage of over 900. Uh, which means that he was never the problem when it came down to the games that they didn't win. He was doing his job. Um, you know, it, it, it came down to the rest of the team, their, their inability, inability to, to finish a play, to score, to figure out whatever they needed to figure out to break through the defensive um, opposition. And, you know, Jake Allen did his part in all five games that he played in February. It's 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 amazing, really, and and it's good to have a goalkeeper to to rely on. It's a shame, maybe, that it isn't Carey Price. Hopefully, he bounces yeah. back and grabs this honor in in March. Is there any other player you would like to highlight that that we haven't spoken about? Maybe as of now. Um, I mean, Tyler Toffoli continues to be a threat. I I don't have his stats for the month of February. Maybe he's cooled down a little bit since January, but he remains uh, an offensive threat for Montreal. He remains that that, that finisher that Montreal needs uh, to, to if you want to be successful. Uh, I, I see Brendan Gallagher is pick, Brendan Gallagher is picking up his play as well, becoming a lot more implicated, a lot more uh, the traditional Brendan Gallagher that we're used to seeing in terms of his engagement on ice. But uh, you know, not enough games there to to take the top honors. I think Jeff Petrie. Always uh, a popular choice, month in, month out. He, he's kind of the, the the number one defenseman for Montreal now for several years, de facto, really. Um, so, you know, he potentially could be the honorable I mentioned in this category. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, for, for me, yeah. Uh, Jeff Petrie is probably the one that stands out. Um, Tyler Toffoli, we, we still remember those Canadian Canucks games. And and I think that carries a little bit of weight as well. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I'm right now. I think it's yeah, it is between as as the honorable mention is as well. It's Jeff Petrie versus Jake Allen. Um, I don't really see anyone else that you know can step up. Nick Suzuki is the one to keep an eye on because if if Deshaun, is that how you pronounce his name? Because I really suck at French. Uh, which one? Sorry, Deshaun. Deshaun? Yeah. Yeah, if, if, I didn't even understand what you said. That's yeah. how bad it was. Yeah, that's how bad it was. <laughs> uh, but if he gets the trust of the coach and, and really can be that, you know, offensive dynamo and, and create those plays that we have seen Suzuki do, then he's going to be the guy to beat in, in March, I think. I think the, the, whoever, the player that gets picked for Montreal for player of the month in March will be a huge indication of what kind of month they had. If it's a forward that's player of the month, that means that the team got out of their slump and they were very successful. If we're talking again about the backup goaltender or you know a defenseman as player of the month, 
then the team has not turned it around yet because, you know, you need offense to win. So unless we're talking about Carey Price doing three shutouts and the team scoring one goal a game, like having these boring one nothing wins, um, you know, I want to see an offensive player be that player of the month in March, whether it's Nick Suzuki, whether it's Brendan Gallagher, whether even Jesperi Kotkaniemi, I'm seeing something interesting happening there with him as well. Uh, so uh, hopefully next month we're an offensive forward uh, as player of the month for the Montreal Canadiens. Wise words indeed from the Saturday, Sunday morning guest at TSN 690. You have listened to Andrew Sadarnowski and me, Patrick Bexel, discussing the player of the month for Montreal Canadiens. Um, it's been absent-minded. Make sure to subscribe and to like us. Make sure to leave us a note on, on uh, what you think about the podcast or if there is any subjects that you want to breach or guests you want to add back. Uh, Andrew, always a pleasure having you on. I hope uh, we can still do this in, in, in the near future. But um, I have seen your kids, so I guess that, that you know, it's not a possibility anymore. <laughs> the kids will tell me if I'm available. <laughs> That's good. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks, Patrick.